Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host, Sabrina Miller. Yay! Hello, hello! Hi, everyone! Here we are, episode 38! I can't believe it! Let's listen to that band, warm us up, get it kicking! returning listener you got to admit they get better every week they do they i don't know what happens but they do that was the smooth jazz combo of george and jess testic uh <laughs> that's because of our guests today well the second part of our guests today wait that sounds bad <laughs> see last week we had part one and this episode is part two so they go together like green eggs and ham and abraham and lincoln you know they just go together so that's what our episode's all about i mean we could talk about last week's episode it was the first part of the uh, conversation which was delightful as as the rest of this conversation is and I, I, again, I'm still gushing about having them on the show. Uh, it, I just am. It's, it's the truth. So if this is your first episode you're listening to, and I do this with all the second parters, uh, it, well, I don't know why you would listen to this one first, unless it just happens to start playing in your player when you pull up the show. I get that. Yeah. But if you're listening to this now and you haven't heard last week's episode, stop right now, go back and listen to last week's episode first, and then come back and enjoy the rest of this episode. Because the you really should have part one of the conversation to truly enjoy part two of the conversation. So all past episodes can be found at Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. And we have a little Amazon affiliate link there. Use that if you could, please, please. We also have a PayPal donate button. Feel so obliged to donate if you want. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher, of course. If you use those two, hey, give us a review and a rating and all the fun stuff that goes with that because that really helps out the show. Join the fun on Facebook, facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast. Email is Changes in Latitudes podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at SabrinaMiller41. And right now, I think it's just about time for a music cue. All right, let's move into the next area. All right, we're getting ready to start part two. Now, he just before, so everyone knows, whenever I do a guest thing like this, I usually cut out all the extra stuff for the show. So there's not any 30-day question 
you know, or 30 question challenge, the transgender 30 day question challenge, you know, where you answer a question a day, well, I answer one an episode. <laughs> We're not doing that. I usually bring in a little secondary topic to make things, uh, change things up a little bit. Not doing that. And as of right now, in the beginning of this recording, I may skip listener feedback, but you won't know unless you make it through the end of the show. If it's there, you'll know I changed my mind. If it's not there, you'll know I didn't change my mind. Okay? Okay. So, now that we got that out of the way, (laughs) uh, just to remind you, this was recorded in late April of 2015. Their show's website is transpantastic.net. But just Google Transpantastic, you'll find all their information. They're also on iTunes, Stitcher. And we're going to pick up basically where we left off last time, except I'm going to roll it back about, I think it's six or seven minutes, because I know it's a long thing, but I want to do it because Jess's explanation of queer and that whole wonderful description was is just so intense i want to start us off there again so you binge listeners will have to hear it twice eh, well whatever <laughs> it's use the skip ahead 15 seconds or something you know uh just to get the ball rolling and get us back on uh, pace again to where we left off so that's where we're going to start off also george does mention uh my episode number five voices in my head and as i mentioned last episode George, Jess, and I highly, highly suggest that you go back through the archives of my show and listen to episode five. I'm just going to say that right now. Go do it probably after this episode. (laughs) And for the listeners that do know episode five, at the end of this conversation, there's a little bit of a surprise. And I'm going to share this only because it was just such a fun moment uh, because all of us are parents, <laughs> we had a little quick moment of swearing without the kids. <laughs> so, and I'm not giving you a warning or anything. I'm just saying it was such a fun moment to share electronically through the internet with essentially total strangers that you know so much about that you can feel you can call them friends. I like that moment, George and Jess, and that's what I really wanted to tell you. And if you haven't guessed it by now, you know, I love both of them and their families and their podcast and their stories. They are some of the most wonderful people out there. And if they inspired me to come out and tell me that it was okay to be transgender. And this is coming from a, 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 an, F, an F to M. Somebody going the opposite direction is me. They inspired me. I hope that they inspire you and others like you, and me. I I wish there was more... I wish we could copy George and Jess and make many, many more of you. All right, so enough of that. I'll catch you at the end of the conversation. instance when I met Jess I said this decor is too straight man for me <laughs> the and, way I had my apartment decorated at the time he said I decorate like a straight man yes and <laughs> yes 
she can do she does better lots of times but she wasn't interested in that particular as she said little divorce apartment being more decorated which <laughs> I, I couldn't I wouldn't be able to take it no I needed it a little bit more decorated than that Yes, and see, at that point, we get a little bit of that queerness into your, I need the things to be pretty. Got it. Yes, yeah, so I, I like them to match and to be orderly and yeah, look nice course. together. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you there, George. Yeah. And so that, I think, is why we pick that word queer, because it's sort of this all-encompassing idea as an umbrella term that it sort of catches all those little aspects of our identities and our orientations that don't necessarily they don't fit branch completely off. into any one definition. Right. They sort of touch on a lot of them. Right, right, right. And so the umbrella terms are really good for that. Yes. Oh, I agreed. When they made transgender an umbrella term, I was able to start wrapping my head around things. I mean, 10 yes. plus years ago. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so so in, this, in, the, in using the word queer, just briefly, because this doesn't really partake to, uh, well, I don't think it partakes to our, meaning, you know, my life, your life, transition, journey, etc. What are your thoughts on the term uh, 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 gender queer or gender fluid or whatever <laughs> the term is now? Because it seems to be changing quickly. Well, gender queer is also, and I'm going to jump right in here because that would be me. I did look at her. Yes, he did. He's okay. like, okay, your turn. Tag, you're um, in. Yes. Uh, gender queer is another umbrella term under the transgender umbrella. And to describe gender queer, we can start with it is a transgender term for individuals whose gender identity is not a binary sense of self. So if you if you like the analogies, let's say open up your mental browser and pull up two tabs. And on the first tab, I want you to put sex. And on the second tab, I want you to put gender. And we're all familiar with these two separate co- concepts. The old cliche of sex is what's between your ears, genders, or sex is what's between your legs, gender is what's between your ears. Sex is probably between your ears right now. <laughs> well, <yes. laughs> well yeah. it, it almost always is, but that's another story. It's part of the gender <laughs> queerness of you, dear. Yeah, well. So if we start on the sex tab, and most of what our Western culture would understand as biological or anatomical sex is in something of a dichotomy where you have the reproductive dichotomy. One side is XX chromosomes, vaginas, and a hormonal balance tip towards estrogens. On the other side, you have XY chromosomes, penises, and hormone balances tip towards androgens. And you posted a video not too long ago, and it's been floating around for a while about all the individuals whose biological sex does not fit into this dichotomy. Yes, I remember uh, uh, sharing that, yeah. And the medical term for this, the commonly culturally accepted term for this, is the medical term intersex. And so we have this one in 2,000 who are not representative of our Western understanding of what physical sex should be. And there's a lot of beauty in that in-between space where their anatomy or their 
hormones or their genetics are not indicative of a pink or a blue. They are indicative of orange or green or beige. Purple. Yay, purple. I'm purple too. Um, now, I want you to hold that thought there. Don't close that tab. Switch to the gender okay. tab. Got it. And some of your listeners might already see where we're going with this. On the gender tab, you have what's between your ears and your understanding of your own place in that dichotomy. And those of us who are genderqueer see that, again, not as a pink or blue, but I'm beige and our cousin Vinny might be orange and... Stripes. We, we are in the psychologically intersex population where George is clearly psychologically male and you, Sabrina, are clearly psychologically female. And I think most of the medical and psychological communities would not dispute that one bit, that your identity, who you are, is gendered clearly. That is why you are undertaking transition. That is why you have experienced dysphoria. Yes. Yes. And so for the genderqueer community, having an identity that is transgender, trans meaning across or apart, and gender meaning, you know, gender, we identify as something that is not our own body, but is also neither specifically male or female. Could be like most intersex persons, some beautiful blending of both and neither. Right, right. Gender fluid is one aspect of that. It can be a switching back and forth. Um, bi-gender is a commonly used term for individuals who are gender fluid, where they go back and forth between the two. Then there's also a concept under the gender queer umbrella. You end up with new choice demigender, bi-gender, gender fluid, and each of these is their own unique understanding of where and which set of characteristics they fit into that blended both and neither sense of gender. Just like the intersex community, you have numerous medical conditions, Klinefelter syndrome, Turner syndrome, androgen insensitivity, and so on, that are all going to have unique expressions of physiology. Under the gender queer umbrella, you have a number of other terms. Gender fluid is one that expresses a particular subset of gender nonconformity. So does that oh, yeah, explain no, that, things that, any? Yeah, no, I'm 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 very grateful for your uh, uh, eloquent explanation because in some some of the people I've uh, inter interacted with on the Facebook page and then in life and such, they mm -hmm. they've asked about gender fluid, gender queer mm -hmm. uh, questions in general, and since I don't necessarily identify with that. I, 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 you know, I don't answer. I, I say that to them in not so many words. And so to have, uh, have both of you, uh, well, more so Jess, but uh, uh, share, uh, share a definition, quote unquote definition, because it's not necessarily a definition, right. that I think everyone 
regardless of, of identity, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of social status, uh, you know, that doesn't matter. But everyone can grasp onto to understand something that is pretty challenging to understand in your own self, but also in trying to describe it. So thank you. You're welcome. And, and that, those are the places I'm comfortable in. That's why I feel my definition is queer. Right. I right. understand those very easily and they all make sense to me like, oh, yes, of course. Whereas my, my cisgendered straight male friend who I think is in our our podcast that's about to release today. Yeah. That, that one, that particular person and others like him are like, okay, can you explain this to me again? How does this work? It, Cause it's not his world. Right. No. Right. Right. And, and your dynamic relationship with that individual allows you to be open in explaining Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've got a couple friends like that that I've said any questions you got, throw them at me. I don't mm-hmm. mind because they respect me. I respect them, and it's been good. There's been a couple in the last week that I've actually uh, it just answered their questions. Easiest good. way to say that. Yeah. So it's it's nice to be on that side because at least for me because in my self discovery and journey and coming out and acceptance and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. part of it absolutely is learning to love yourself, but, uh, I had always been searching for someone to talk to, someone to ask those questions of, and to be able to now turn around and be the person to answer those questions feels so empowering, so, so authenticates my choice to transition, if that Makes sense. That's great. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. It's so so. I, I totally dig what you're saying on that because it's uh, it's to me it's just helping the education and the understanding and the normalizing of it all. Absolutely. Yay. Yep. So, good stuff. So now, good uh, stuff. It, oh, always, it's good stuff. Uh, that's one of the reasons I do the show, uh, to help, I mean, talk to other trans people, yes, uh, but for anybody that wants to listen and just understand more about, well, in my case, what I'm going through, and in your case, your stories, your journeys, and it's uh, refreshing, because 20 years ago, I was looking for shows like ours, and now I'm doing a show, so it, to me, it fulfills that circle. Yay. Yeah. That's good. Uh, now in, I mean, it's been a while for you, as you stated earlier, but how, what was the biggest fear or concern or, or the last thing you had to, to break through within your own self, as we spoke about hiding in that safety bubble or that safety self, what was the last thing that, that tipped the, tipped the scale and made you say, I have to transition? Uh, for for me, I believe it was the uh, death of my mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Menopause. Mm. Well, for for me, it it was the changes that were happening with menopause, and the way those hormone changes were affecting me. I felt worse than I had ever felt in my life, and it made me more 
my body was changing in a worse way than I could have imagined. And I was just very unhappy in realizing that not only could I solve the the problem of the menopause, but I could also solve the problem overall. That was what made me decide to go ahead. It was time for me. You know, I, I, spent, a, I spent long enough. Um, I realized at that time I spent long enough adjusting and being okay with the adjustments, and now I was not okay with the adjustments, and I was not able to adjust to a point that was going to make it okay. Wow, I can totally understand what you're saying because I remember, uh, for, for me, uh, long-time listeners, uh, the, my coming out was, you know, my death of my mom, the birth of my child, and uh, turning 40. Mm-hmm. And and I know exactly what you're talking about because, you know, when the male-bodied person or anyone really reaches that age, changes start to happen. And I remember looking in the mirror and and not feeling right, not feeling correct, and knowing that uh, there wasn't anything that I could necessarily do except, you know, transition. So, yeah, right. I totally get that. Totally get that. And we discussed that in a little bit more depth in episode. It's in the 10-somethings or maybe 110. Cool. Um, it's called gender fuckery. I don't know if you can leave that in or gender effery. No, <laughs> my, my, my show is labeled explicit not because of language but because of topic. But since it's got explicit already, then why we can the just, fuck do we care about what we, we say? We could just fucking swear then. Yeah. Oh, yes. Let's fucking swear all the fucking swears that we want. Right, because the kids swear. aren't around. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, George, I totally get that, that feeling of, uh, of changes that you couldn't control that, you, that led you to uh, uh, transitioning. Yeah. Right. Wow. And, and as you just said, you know, you hit that age and you say, wait, I don't want the rest of my life like this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's almost exactly verbatim what I said in my head. I, I need to change it now before there's no more time. Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. I need crap. to change yeah. it. Wow. This will be great. I get to be a little old man. And that's exactly <laughs> how I always pictured myself as I grew old. Oh, so I you never, are not going to be a little old lady. I never pictured myself growing old until now, and that was part of it. I didn't. I didn't want to be the old, the old man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's basically opposite of yourself, right? Oh, it oh. is kind of funny. You know, as you're saying that, it occurs to me. It is kind of funny, as you mentioned uh, when we started, that that you and I can relate to each other in this sense because we are in this opposites and. And so often what, what I hear happen with uh, F to M and M to F uh, supports and stuff like that is a lot of times folks can't relate to each other because they're going in such an opposite direction and they mean to go there very extremely. Yeah. But in these senses of of what the transitions were and, and how the processes were, and I think that, that goes back to why I liked – to, to you know the the voices in your head episode and in other topics like that is it's the processes that w- is where I really connect with you and your show yeah it, it, the process of going through the journey yeah mm-hmm. our processes are similar and that in part has to do with of course age and 
um, hitting, you know, a certain age and, and the times we grew up in. But I think, you know, personalities, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is for me. I, I when I, I mean, I don't want to point the blame to my mother and my father because I can't. But uh, I had always grown up being told that I was my mom's little boy and my father's son, and so I had to take those words and society's definition and family's definition of those words to be that. Then also, I had my father who. He was older. He was born in 24, 1924. So he was 40, late 40s, 48, I believe, uh, when when I was born, somewhere in there. Could be wrong. I don't do math very well. And and so he had a whole different culture upbringing uh, as, a, as a child for himself. And so I don't blame him for, you know, uh, being against the ultra-feminine, quote-unquote, as he would say, faggots out there. Uh, and so, so again, to make acceptance for my father, I didn't want to be that person. Uh, uh, looking back, I can see that, you know, if he didn't show hate towards that type of individual, I may have gone that route mm-hmm. because it was what was uh, drawing me. You know, when people say, go find yourself, that's what I was drawn to. And I never understood why till now. But uh, because of his uh, sense of that and wanting his acceptance, I, well, don't want to be that. And so, sadly, it had to be that, I mean, he passed in 2001. So I have already long gone made any recollections or reckon, the hell's the word I'm looking for. Uh, any remorse? What's the word I, she's rest- looking for, dear. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's okay. This, this time her. I'm lost. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. Uh, I, I, I got nothing against him anymore. You know, I, I don't hate him for anything. In, in the beginning, I did. Uh, but it took the passing of my mom. I mean, who loved me dearly, who I personally believe probably treated as her favorite. Uh, just in looking back on my life, uh, and between my uh, two sisters, it's just the sense I have. Whether it's true or not, I don't care. It's just my sense of my childhood with her. Uh, she probably would have accepted me, but I, I think it would have been a little harder for her mm-hmm. to accept me. Uh, she would have been one of those that came around. So that, that's just my sense. I'll never know the answer, mm-hmm. but it took her passing for me to... Break that last dam, mm-hmm. or floodgate, or whatever. Right. Whatever we're talking or about. Or break away, or something. Right. 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 Well, in 1924, that just—that's really a long time ago. <laughs> now, in 2015, absolutely, it's almost 100 yeah. years, 90 years ago. Yeah. Basically. So yeah, he had a whole different culture growing up. He he knew the depression. Um, you know, he knew people that went to war and things like that. He he didn't go to war. He was injured during basic training. But uh, uh, that, that's, that's his life. And so, I mean, I love, I love the time that I spent with my dad. I have nothing against it except for his outlook on life on certain things that made me react certain ways that neither he nor I knew at the time would have their uh, backlash on my life. Because how do you know? How do you know mm-hmm. in 1982 that you see some guys holding hands and call them off oh, fucking faggots is going to affect me in 2012? 
right. after he's been dead for uh, 11 years. Right. You know, who's going to know? So I can't blame him or anything, but I can see where things went differently. And I can also see now in, we'll just move it ahead 10 years. If I was born in, say, 82 and was, uh, you know, 10 years younger, there a whole big change on acceptance and understanding of diversity and uh, well, basically knowing that you couldn't really call someone a faggot because it's a slang term, you know? That's when that sort of thing happened publicly big, you know? So just in that 10 years, huge change, huge change. Does that sound about right to you, dear? I'm looking yes, at my wife. That's closer I, I'm, to... I'm actually younger than you are, Sabrina. So, oh, yeah. okay. Yes, we have a general di- generational difference between us all. So, yes, that that that's how I grew up was, you know, you can be anybody you want to be and you, you know, girls can do whatever the hell they want to. And even though I didn't feel like I was entirely a girl, I was like, all right, well, as long as I can do whatever the hell I want to do, then uh, screw it. Then I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, my wife is 10 years younger than I am, so she's she's 32. She's right in that Mm-hmm. Uh, same bracket right there and so and so you treat everybody friends, with respect yes. and, and all of her even friends if they're totally accepted and, me right i mean some of them are having a hard time digesting it you know using the right name and gender at times but i see them twice a year maybe so eh, mm-hmm. for a party you know and usually they're not uh negative about it they're, they just don't know what else to say they're so natural to say whatever you know the opposite of what i would like so everybody else kind of stands around and corrects them I don't need to. I'm happy. We've seen that a lot with George's mom, who still says her. And Well, I think that's probably because of the history, just yeah, the, the history of, but... of your journey, your life. Just like I have that masculine part of my history that I can't say never happened or change every detail to make it as if I was a woman. Ah, too much work to go back and change right. that in my mind. She, and... she could work a little harder. She, yeah, she, she could, could work a little harder, but at this point, she, you know, she's the one who everybody else is correcting her. Like, wait a minute, she, who she? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you're the only woman in the room right now. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm sure because I remember hearing. I don't remember which episode it is. Maybe you will when I start to describe it. Uh, when you, ha- she was uh, in hospital care or something like that, and the, uh, the she, uh, George was there, and she was referring to George as the she, and the nurse kind of went, is, "What is she talking about?" Because the nurse looked yes, at you as he. We had a lot of episodes about her. Uh, a, a lot of episodes about um, managing her care and her um, doctors and such after we first moved her here and it was a lot of that adaptation to a new way of life but also at the same time she was still trying to adapt to george's gender as well so well, she's, that's a still, lot she's still trying to adapt and she <laughs> I don't knows think she's trying hard enough but she's not trying hard enough and, and i know opinion. that but i'm i'm not gonna bother giving her a harder time about it because it's not worth the crap she'll give me back right and so I've decided to let that be her problem. And it sounds like that's what you've done with, with people that you, you know, are around once in a while. So, you know, you, Sabrina, and they, you let other people correct them and. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, go. It, exactly. Unless it's like a malicious thing and they keep using it, you know, despite being corrected. That's when I start having a problem. It's like, okay, now you are starting to disrespect my wishes. Let's address that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but the people that just don't know that I'm the only trans person they know, you know, they're not as in, they're not in the culture community world like we are because, well, we are <laughs> part of it, you know. And I, okay, I can't expect them to really latch on to it. But people that see me regularly have come up to me, you know, after all day, all day, few hours, you know, a play date for my son uh, of three, four hours, come up to me near the end and say, I hope that if I ever misgender you, you'd let me know. And this is after four hours of not misgendering at all, at all. And they're so worried about incorrectly gendering me that I just want to give them a hug and say, it's okay. (laughs) You're hanging out with me and accepting me and treating me and using the right name and blah, 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 blah. And I went, it's totally cool. And then I told this one in one in particular friend if it's easier just use my name and so that's what she's been leaning towards yeah that that can help some folks to just use your name instead mm-hmm. um one one thing i and obviously this is up to your discretion of answering because mm-hmm. it's it's pertaining to your children yeah um uh, to refresh my mind there's one two and three correct mm-hmm. yes zero and and zero who doesn't live with us okay that's. I think that's probably where I get confused. But because I, we had one, two, we we started mentioning one, two, and three in our podcast, and then zero came back around, which she goes in and out. She's older. Okay. Yeah. Yes, and so one, two, and three live with us. One is a teenager. Two and three are in elementary school. Okay. Cool. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, uh, well, I guess I let's start off with how long have you two been together? How'd you guys meet? How'd you? How did your two worlds cross? Uh, mostly because of the kids, actually. We were both recently divorced, and we were attending a um, lesbians networking dinner, which neither of us were exactly lesbians at the time. But no, but we went there to pick up we chicks, I'm sure chicks. of it. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and so, you know, we were at this lesbians networking dinner, and we started talking about our kids. And he and I had actually noticed one another online in this lesbian dating site again there's all this you know if if you're a woman and want to date women you go to the lesbian places right of course it makes, just the yeah. way it is yeah so we had noticed each other online but nothing had ever really happened to it and then when we started connecting over kids we're like okay is this this person i was talking to and maybe but nothing ever happened in the online thing so maybe it would just be cool to have another queer parent friend Right, of course. And I, I go to our local LGBT center to meet parents uh, who are either, you know, however they identify, LGBT or etc. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Yes, oh, awesome. it would be nice. I wish we lived in a larger city that had an LGBT center. Well, maybe sometimes we'll visit one of them. Who knows? We should go visit Sabrina. That would be sure. good. I would so, love to have lunch with you guys. That would be awesome. Anyway, um... So we went to this lesbians networking dinner and we started bonding over kids and then we connected on Facebook and we connected on, I think it was gays.com and we didn't go back to the dating site, but then I hosted a uh, Memorial Day cookout and he came and the way I usually do my social events is kind of last minute. And so I'll invite like 50 (laughs) people and like eight of them will have the time free last minute. Right, of course. And so I had had like 12 maybes and like four definitely's. 
And the only two people who showed up at this cookout were George, who I kind of sideways had a potential romantic interest in, and the woman who had, well, since we can swear, I'll just say she had been my fuck buddy okay. while I was dealing with my divorce. I'm guessing a divorce from a male. From a cisgender male, yes. Okay. My, my kid's father. Okay. And so that wasn't awkward at all. <laughs> no, we were I'm fine sure. with it. You know, and, it, and we had a good time. We did have a good time, and he kissed me on the cheek on the way out, and I'm like, "Oh!" <laughs> and I was too shocked to do anything about it. And this was May of 2010, and so as soon as he leaves, I say to this other woman, "I say, shit, he kissed me. What do I do?" And she says, "Well." you got to get him back here somehow. (laughs) And I say, okay. And this woman is a total player. So she gave me these words that I kind of rewrote in my own verbiage. But basically, you left something here. I'd like to give it back. This kiss, maybe? Uh (laughs) And so... You invited me to come over for a movie. For a movie. Nice. Yeah. So we... I was out transporting Child Zero from my house... Where she was doing laundry back to where she was living. Yes. So. And that would be with your ex then, I'm guessing, yeah. George. Okay. I, okay. Had, I had to leave to go do that. So. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, he comes back and we watch a movie and, you know, you do the typical getting closer to each other on the couch thing yep, and yep, pretending yep. we don't notice that we're getting closer. Yep. And, yep. and from there, we... I, I'm shaking my head at the, the pretending part, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so then, you know, we started dating and we got married in 2012, Yay. Yeah. July Yay. of 2012. Yes. Because this will be the third year. Cause two years ago we ate the frozen cake. Yes. That's yeah. how, see how I measure things. Yeah. yeah. By importance of order. Frozen cake. Yes. <laughs> it was pretty good. Frozen cake too. It didn't get freezer burned at all. I was really surprised. We wrapped it so good. Nice. We win. Yay! Cake wrapping, because that's totally a viable life skill. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is when you want to eat the cake two years a year later. A year later, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, so there's our okay. history, and we each brought um, two children. Although one of them, you know, number zero does not live with us, but each of us brought two children from our previous relationships. Great. Okay. Okay. And in that coming together. What was their, uh, I, 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 it's not the word reaction, that's not what I want to ask, but what was their process for accepting uh, you, George? Or did they just always see you as a guy? Actually, he was still presenting as female when we married. We had a big gay wedding. Okay. Yeah. And so the process of them understanding your transition. We discussed that in episodes, I want to say somewhere in the thirties and forties, but oh, we can recap. I may have, yeah, I may, no, I'm, I'm sure I listened, but yeah, well, I, this is how we, how we remember what, what we're saying is by referencing it to we'll, talk about what you're saying, talk dear. about what we're saying. <laughs> um, the, the kids, we, we did a, a lot of uh, prep for it, you know, talking about it with each other and, looking at different resources for these things. And the kids were very, I don't want to, the, the word I want is not 
blasé, but it's something along those lines. Yes, of, they were they were very just like, okay, can I have a cookie now? You know, yeah, because we were about to have ice cream or something, and and we and we sat them down and explained this to them, and they said, okay. Can we have ice cream now? <laughs> now yes. that you say that, I do remember that episode. Yeah. Right. They yes. were just, they were just we second. Had... It was like, okay, whatever. Right. Okay, well, that's nice. Thanks for telling us. And we had other transgender friends, and our kids are familiar with the idea that someone's body and someone's brain can be the same gender or different gender. Someone can have a boy body and a boy brain. Someone yeah, so can have a girl body and a girl brain. Yeah, Sometimes already... they don't match. Right. You've they, already they laid that groundwork. They could have told us. They could have told us that much. And so they already also kind of knew that George had a boy body. They knew that George was, or a boy brain, I mean. Thank you. We're working <laughs> on the boy body. We we knew that George had a boy brain. George was a tomboy. George was a butch. Take your pick of terminology. Okay, right. They knew that George was a masculine person with a feminine body. And so when we said the doctors are going to help George fix his body, and make it more like his boy brain. Really, the only work we had to do after that was helping them with pronouns. If George is boy now, is this his shoe or her shoe? <laughs> right, of course, of course. Right, and then they do funny things like they'd be outside and and uh, only at very first did he misgender me with pronouns because mm -hmm. he's very insistent mm -hmm. uh, with everyone that I am his father and there's he and him and... Yes. Whoever you are. And before that, he had had three moms, Mama Jess, Mama George, and his other mommy. Yeah. Okay. So he, he, they're outside playing like in the kiddie pool, and, and, and child number three says to him, well, she's your dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they were, they were getting their pronouns in order, and they were correcting each other. Yes. Nice. Nice. And he, you know, he'd say to her, well, he's a him. Yes. Not just she. So... They would just correct each other. That's they've great. Got it, they've got it all ironed out. Nice. They they're they're completely in a another generation, you know. Right. Like, yeah. Gen absolutely. Generations away from you or I or even and Jess, the teenager, even who by that point, you know, the the elementary school kids did not have as strong of a sense of cultural gender. As especially not growing up in our family, no, especially not growing up in our family. But you know, a, a lot of what you struggle with in older people is the fact that they are so enculturated with gender and what it should be. And so the little kids didn't have that. We tell them this is the way things are, and they say, Okay. And the teenager already had some of that cultural sense of gender, and I think actually he had an easier time with it because he had a little bit of a homophobic streak running from some of his other family. Oh, right. And he did the typical teenager thing of, so how does this affect me? Yeah. Right. And we yeah. said, and basically yeah. it doesn't accept that you use some different words. And he had not really wanted to participate in our wedding Oh, when we got married because he saw, you know, gay marriage is not right. Oh, okay. But now that we are a supposedly straight couple. Right. Then he's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Up. It's my stepdad. Right. Mm. The the supposedly straight couple makes me lift one eyebrow. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, that was actually uh, a question I I threw together late last night. I'm like, okay, there's uh, here's some stuff I want to ask them. Uh, obviously, when you're together, it was outwardly a you know a lesbian couple. 
Mm-hmm. And in fact, you just had to, you know, you said you had a big lesbian wedding, which congratulations. We've been to a few here in San Diego for friends of ours. And uh, st- going to a uh, uh, basically outwardly heterosexual marriage or relationship or, you know, whatever words you want to use right this moment. Mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> I think for the boys that was easier for them. And I think for our daughter, she doesn't care. It doesn't affect her at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the most part, whereas the boys were, that was easier for our teenager because it it helped him avoid his homophobic reactions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it was easier for number two child because he's very male identified and he's very, his brain is very bi-gendered. Okay. It, He's yeah. a very, very binary person, and he's very much a boy's boy. Uh, and okay. so having a dad as opposed <laughs> to a manly mom right. was easier for him to sort of identify with this masculine person. Hmm. Okay. So, it, yeah. so again, it worked itself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. What that. about what about for the two of you? I mean, because not not that you identified as an outwardly lesbian couple, and not that you necessarily identify as an uh, outwardly heterosexual couple now, but it's just, just how people look at you, how people interact with you now. What have those differences, changes that that have really stuck out in your mind? I guess the the thing that stands out the most there is that we both identify as queers and. It's not bad to me that nobody sees it, but I know that that's harder for Jess. It is because, you know, I've never felt like a straight lady. I'm not a straight lady. Hell, I'm not even really a lady. And (laughs) so, you know, to look like straight lady a lot feels almost dishonest. Incongruent. It does feel incongruent. It feels disjointed between my presentation or what people perceive to be my presentation and my identity. And I'm still working on ways to, to sort of reintegrate that now that my presentation and my status in our culture has changed. But we've worked through some of that, discussed it in, I want to say, the episodes in like the 90s and early 100s. Okay, I'm not there yet personally, but we love you anyway. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> and I love you guys too. Yay! Thank you. Je- ah. Jess said, um, "I miss saying my wife," and I said, "So say it anyway." He's my wife. I don't care. As as long I as I use the that. right pronouns, yeah. As long as he's my wife, then we're good. It's even better. It is. Yeah, it's totally better. Well, because I think that just you know accentuates or shows off the queerness of it all you know, so you can latch into that that uh, queer culture that that you or queer uh, definition you know proclamation mm-hmm. that you have there's proclaimed a, for yourself right and there's this beautiful moment that happens between complete strangers when they acknowledge something that is similar between them if you walk down the street as a visibly transgender woman you're passing most of the time, but if you as a transgender woman are seeing another transgender woman walking down the street across from you, you're going to, because of who you are and because of your cultural place in society, you're going to be attuned to certain characteristics that you're going to sort of out the corner of your eye, you will notice each other. 
yeah, and you will yeah. say, hey, there's someone like me. Right. And if you both notice each other, you make eye contact. There's this brief moment of affirmation for both of you that right. is great in that it says, hey, look, there's more people like me. We are both just doing our thing. But hey, you know, it's it's this quick touch point of reaffirming who you are and that you're not alone. And if I say my husband all the time, and then I'm saying, you know, I'm looking like the straight lady. And then like Georgia said earlier, seeing all the queer people around us thinking that we're outside their bubble. If I say my wife to the huge flaming fag in the grocery store, (laughs) then we can smile at each other and wink and move along with our day. And we both go about our, you know, you get to connect. Right, we right. get to have a little bit more connection with those people, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's that's cool. <laughs> um, well, you may you may not really grasp onto this, especially since you're identifying more queer than anything else. But did you, George? I should say, <laughs> notice any uh, difference in uh, gaining uh, male privilege? Gaining male privilege was the strangest thing. That I couldn't have imagined. I had no idea. You know, I heard this all my life, male privilege, but having not experienced it until transition, I had no idea how weird it would be. That people will just take you seriously without you having to put your credentials in their face as to why they should take you seriously. Yes. Or that people will just smile at you and interact with you and expect you to be, you know, interact a bull without, you know, being worried about, is she going to be all hormonal or weird? Yeah, it's a different world. There's things that I didn't have to do anymore that as a mom I had to do. Like if I walked in the school with my kid uh, late because we had gone to a doctor's appointment, as a mom I'd be expected to handle him if he needed to get to lunch or get to his classroom or whatever. And as his dad, I just go in and they take the kid and say, okay, thank you. We'll do this. Wow. It's very strange. And that that happened in other places too. So Dealing with your aunt and your mom at the hospital that they would expect you to manage. Yes, I should be managing these women. They're obviously... um, I'm their family member, and I'm the male family member, so I should be managing them. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, I can see <laughs> and that. And I'm looking at them like, have you met my aunt or my mother? <laughs> <laughs> the best way to manage them is to not tell them that you're managing them. Um, when my mother's husband died, it was so much easier to be my mother's son and manage things for her because people just did what I wanted them to instead of arguing with me about it first. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. as sad as that is for many things, I can see how they would, oh, the son says this. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. So it's very different. I'm not expected to do all these tedious things that I was very used to doing, never wanted to, but, you know, just had to do. And there's a lot of freedom in that. And so I could see why that's a privilege. You know, I can see why being taken seriously all the time. It's funny to me if I if I have to call somewhere 
I can hear, and Jess and I have had these conversations, including on our podcast, about <clears throat> people's responses to the idea or the secondary sex characteristics of your gender, the idea that you are a male. Their their response to you physically or subconsciously as well. So I'll call somewhere and I'll be handling some business on the phone from my mother, and I can hear the woman's voice and how different it is talking to her as a male-sounding person than it was as a female-sounding person, and how her response to me is, it's weird to me. It's this, what's that hee-hee sound that you make? <laughs> yeah, that one. That's like, they, they're acting a little strange, like, yes, this man is talking to me, and and they like know, talking to this man, and mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm so like, the, the pitch of their voice raises slightly, yeah. and the tone of it softens slightly, and they're a little bit more pleasant, and there's a little bit more of um, deferential phrasing. Yes. Yes. Wow. It's very strange. Wow. Wow. So, and I've noticed this myself as an educator in a female dominated field. If I need to get something done, I'm not going to present it like this. I'm going to present it like this. She she has mm. a drive-through voice. And <laughs> she really means business and she's ordering a coffee. It's pretty it. funny. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's coffee a, is serious business. Caffeine. <laughs> and I'll be talking to my husband and laughing about something and I'm terribly animated and then Yes, I'd like a quad grande soy hazelnut mocha. <laughs> it's even a little more manly than that. <laughs> she just turns it right on. I said, I start laughing, and she says, "What?" And I say, <laughs> "It was your guy voice." Huh. And, and she's like, "Oh, well, I want to make sure they get it right." And I said, "Well, that's the way to do it. Right? That is the way to do it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah." yeah. yeah. And and just for my listeners who haven't heard your show, uh, I gleaned from your show that you you have a uh, musical. Uh, uh, yes, uh, I have a performance background. I'm a music teacher, and I was a performer before I became a teacher. Okay, okay, so that's that's where you get that uh, huh? uh, ability to to uh, change the voice like that. Uh huh. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, well. Before we wrap it up here, I want to say, and I was going to, I chose to say this at the end of our conversation versus the beginning because uh, I didn't want you to feel self-conscious about it. But Jess, I love your laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, it's it's sprinkled throughout all your episodes that I've ever heard. And it's just so genuine and pleasant and uh, perfect in length, if that means anything. <laughs> so <Thank> you. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for that. Um, that's, that's very fun. Yeah. And then I also want to say that uh, the music for your show and just your, your basic format that you guys follow mm-hmm. is, uh, well, for me, inspiring. Because when I was putting my show together here, I if, if anybody that listens to both of our shows is going to kind of figure it out, my disclaimer at the end was, uh, I don't want to say taken from, but uh, geared after yours, the, your, your, heard, the words you choose. I heard choose. that the very first time I listened to your podcast, and I'm like, 
gee, I wonder where she found those words. <laughs> yeah. Imitation well, is the sincerest form of flattery, and so I will feel honored. And you should. Good. And as soon as we reached out to one another, I think that was like the first or second thing I said. I'm like, hey, I'm fessing up. I used your shit. <laughs> I changed it for me, you but go I right used ahead. your shit. <laughs> you go right ahead. Well, I, from being a longtime listener at that point of your show, I had a sense that I'm like, you know, I don't really think they're going to care that I chose their verbiage, their words to help define my show. And it's not 100%. There's, I, I don't know, probably no. 40 or 50%, not even 50% of the same verbiage that's in both. Because mine is tailor-made for mine. Right. But uh, but that's I did respect your show and your disclaimer that I I wanted to gear mine after yours. So yes, it was a compliment. That, that's all, Jess. <laughs> Jess is the word person. And what about the music? Did you write, perform, gather the music? I'm just curious because it's got a good beat. I composed the music, yes. And I I think I don't know if you've heard the episode where I had to cut into the intro. I don't know if you've gotten to that point yet, but at one. One episode I had to cut in in the middle of the intro music, and as a side to what, as an aside to what I needed to announce that there was some audio issues with that episode, and so feel free to skip it if it was going to be a distraction. I, I mentioned, you know, I hate to cut off this music. I felt so cool when I was composing it, but after listening to it this many times, I think I feel like I was composing some, I accidentally ended up composing some music for The Sims. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could be used for The Sims, yeah. It could. It's got that flavor. It does. But, I, but it's yes, recognizable. I, I made that music. It, it's it's perfect for your show, I believe, because it's recognizable. It starts off kind of, here's a beat, here's a beat, and then here we go into the rhythm or however mm-hmm. you, you design. It was, uh, I know that your show is starting within two seconds of, of it rolling. Okay. Now... As I've mentioned in my in my episodes of the past, I, I did an old show called The Random Variety Show. Yes, and you're on to the Big Ten. Yes, I am on to the Big Ten. Chess is a fan. Yay. I win. <laughs> um, but in honor of George, who so enjoyed episode five, during our conversation today, I have decided that these ten questions will be given to you as... Groucho Marx, <laughs> just because. <laughs> and how we're going to do this, thank you. How we're going to do this is, uh, let's see, we'll start with George. Talent too. I'm sorry? Oh, I was telling him that you've got the performer talent too. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. she does. Uh, we're going to start, uh, each person's going to answer the next question first. So George, we'll start with you. You'll answer question one first, then Jess, you'll throw in your answer. Then Jess, you'll throw in your first answer to question two and George will answer second. That way everybody gets a chance to answer a few of the questions first. Okay. Now, probably, probably okay. I'll start the evens and, and then I'll just follow when you guys cue me because I'll forget. Oh, I got it written down. (laughs) The thing is I got to go get Groucho. So hold on.
All right, all right. So you bring me out of retirement for this. All right, Sabrina, you owe me one. Well, hello there. I've heard many good things about you, George and Jess, and uh, Sabrina told me to thank you for being on our show. Oh, thank you. Very nice. Oh, you're welcome. We've heard some nice things about you, too. Ah, well, they better be nice, because, you know, I got to live in Sabrina's head. All right, so now this is the uh, Bernard Pavot questions, and most people know this from Inside the Actors Studio with James Lipton. And uh, the 10 in-depth questions that uh, he asks at the end of every show, and so I'm going to ask them to you. And since there's two of you, we're going to alternate who starts first. So, George, you're up. You get to answer the first question. What is your favorite word? Oh, I don't have a favorite word. He's not a word person. It's no. funny. He thinks in pictures. I have a favorite grunt. All right. Give it to us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jess, what's your favorite word? Truth. Very nice. All right, Jess, you get this next question first. What is your least favorite word? Hate. And George? You got a sound that you don't like? <laughs> Do I? I don't or know. Or a word? Dad! 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 Yeah, that one. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> All right, George, you get to answer this next question. Right. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? The outdoors, nature. And Jess, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? I don't know about creatively, but this guy turns me on. And I'm sure he turns you on in an emotional way. Yeah. Alrighty. Now, Jess, you get to answer this one first. What turns you off, creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Being drained. Mm, oh, yes, I can relate to that one. George, what turns you off? I'm going to go with Jess's least favorite word, hate, and coping with hate. It's good. All right, George, you get this one first. What is your favorite curse word? <laughs> can the kid hear me right now <laughs> I usually say god damn it and Jess says does he have to <laughs> what, is he, what does he have to damn now yeah. that's a good response Jess yeah. alright Jess you. what's your favorite curse word fuck that's a universal one she says for fuck's sake all the time oh, yes I do okay. oh for fuck's sake all right, Jess, what sound or noise do you love? Uh, my husband's voice. George, what sound or noise do you love? I love to hear the birds. That's a good one. All right, George, what sound or noise do you hate? Dad. Dad. That Dad. one again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's almost as bad as are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yes. It's the same Connotation, yes. All right, Jess. What sound and noise do you hate? Mom, mom, mom. Same end of the spectrum. <laughs> All righty. Jess, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I've actually been thinking about recareering out of music and into math or science. All righty. George, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would like to do something outside, like a forest ranger, or even delivering mail. Just outside a Which lot. Which actually was the first thing I thought I'd do out of high school, but I didn't. Hmm. Hmm. For, for that reason. That's interesting. Hmm. All right. 
And uh, I think we left off with George. What profession would you not like to do? Teaching. <laughs> well, that's got to sting Jess right in the right in the ribs or something. And no. uh, Jess, no, what would you not like to do? Because <laughs> oh. I'm right on it. Uh, yeah, what, what would I not like to do? Well, teaching elementary. I've been stuck with small people for far too long, and it's becoming mind-numbing. That that would be it for me. It's teaching the small people, or or daycare. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I'm looking at recareering out of music and going into math or science because it'll be easier to move back in with the big kids, move that's back true. into a high school. That's very true. So, Jess, uh, what profession would you not like to do? Um, the one you have. <laughs> <laughs> Preschool. Ah, going back. We're going younger. Ugh. Okay. No more. Now, uh, Jess, you get this question first. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um... You can eat all the cheese you want, and it won't give you gas. <laughs> all right, George, you're up. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? We have childcare and lasagna. That right, would well, be great. It's a pleasure totally, to talk yeah. to you guys in the last and 10 I questions. I got to get Sabrina back here. See you later. All Take right. care. Thank you, Groucho. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. And thank you to both of you. You guys were so wonderful to take time and talk to me today. And I think we're going to get two episodes out of this. And this has just been wonderful. It, it has. It's been our pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you uh, again, George, Jess. You, you two are the second star on the right and straight on till morning. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're so inspirational and it's so wonderful. And I feel totally honored that you were able to share the time it took to record our conversation and allowing me to share it with the, my audience. So thank you again. And one last plug for them, if you haven't heard it enough by now, transpantastic.net, or just Google transpantastic. It's spelled the same way it sounds, because <laughs> I did the same thing in transpantastic. Huh? Yeah, it's spelled the same way. In fact, Google knows it so well, it starts to fill it in for you. <laughs> so go check their, their stories out. It's They're really just awesome. So it's not really a listener feedback. It's more of a... Well, it is a listener feedback in the sense that this person listens to the show. But 
I had the wonderful pleasure to speak to Addison, a fellow trans woman who's just now starting to take baby steps towards transition. And I think it's so fantastic that I can be part of that world for her. So Addison, thank you so much for allowing me to record a conversation and share it with my audience. That, that was awesome. So audience, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. So when you see the next, oh, probably three, four episodes from now, Conversation with Addison, you'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, we've reached that time. It's that time. Time to wrap this episode up. Uh, well, once again, of course, I'm going to say thank you, George and Jess. You guys, I, I love you guys. I've said that enough. I'm sorry. It's, well, no, I'm not sorry. You guys are awesome. Next episode, I'm going to talk about pride and different types of it. And when I say pride, I mean the traditional, you know, LGBT pride, the rainbows and the alternative rainbow flags and things like that. I'm just going to give you my spin on it. That's all. That's what it's all about. As always, I'm looking for topics and questions to answer. Send them my way. Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Oh, stay crazy, everyone. to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, 
always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. for the outtakes. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, you if you're returning a, if you are fluid where they go uh, back and forth nuts. between the two, then there's also a concept nuts. Did you lose us? Hello? Right. And uh-huh. Okay, I'm back. I don't. Okay, I don't know what happened. Something. Something okay. popped. Okay. So you right. left something off left my somewhere monitor. back there yes. by okay. gender fluid. All right. Yeah. So gender fluid. Gender queer is an umbrella term to start my thought because I don't know where it left off. Totally cool. And under the gender queer umbrella. Let's pause. Bank of America. <laughs> um, you won't get the reference because you don't know this story of my life. But uh, one time. Quick, quick tangent here. One time as a child driving down Pacific Coast Highway in near Santa Monica up towards the, the Santa Barbara area. I don't really remember. Malibu, Malibu. That's where we were. Uh, my father pointed out this huge rock in the oh, just off the side of this two-lane highway uh, that he would say, yeah, back in the day there'd be lots of accidents there. And at one time somebody wrote, Jesus saves. And it was there for months, weeks, whatever he said. And then later, somebody came up and put at the bottom, at Bank of America. <laughs> ah, that's great. Yeah, so, so <laughs> that's, totally great. So anytime I hear anyone say, Jesus saves, in my little mind, I always hear, at Bank of America. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. totally awesome. That's yeah, great. it's one of those things about me. All right. Thank you for listening. And please remember.